But then when people come into it, and as humans always do, we totally <laughs> F things up. Yeah, totally. With religion and with veganism. Yeah. And so it's very sad because if they actually sat there and understood the principles of the religion or of veganism, they'd see that it's all based on like love and kindness and acceptance. You're listening to the Examine Life podcast with Matt Purcell, and I'm really glad to be back for the next season of the Examine Life. Got some fantastic guests coming on board. And today's guest is no other than DJ Tiger Lily or AKA Dara Hayes. Now I met Dara in February 2019 while part of a national Ford Motors campaign called Like You Mean It. And that's on YouTube, you can check that out. And so we got to go to Melbourne with a whole bunch of other really talented, awesome guys, uh, Lillian Dickmans and Harley Eagleberry, who's a world champion surfer. And during that time, we all got to hang out and I really got to know Dara. And one thing I really noticed about Dara is there is so much more than meets the eye with this woman. Like she is, you know, like if you look at her Instagram, she has a massive following, nearly a million followers all across the platform. She's regarded as one of the best DJs in Australia. She's international, headlines major festivals, and was one of those hardest working DJs, musicians, business people in Australia, always working every weekend. There's more than meets the eye to Dara. She's known as DJ Tiger Lily to many, but I actually dig into that and ask her, if she sees DJ Tiger Lily as a business and she gives her answer to that. She's also into veganism and animal activism and that's a really big part of her life right now and I really dive into that as well. Veganism is a very fascinating movement right now. I'm sure you've heard of people being online too, just a massive movement of people. And it's interesting because there's lots of parallels with religion because it's got an ethical foundation. It's got a very, some are very aggressive and passionate about the cause. It's a really honest and great chat between two friends. Get behind the social media platforms, DJ Tiger Lily and her animal activism page, Our Soul Purpose on Instagram. This is a fantastic conversation. Without further delay, please enjoy my conversation with Dara Hayes, AKA DJ Tiger Lily. It's good catching up. I haven't seen you for I know, it's nice to see year. you. It's crazy. It feels like it was yesterday. This year's gone so fast. It's really quick. And I think it feels like that when, as I've gotten older, the months feel like a week. They and say that, and I agree with you, but apparently it's because the older you get, the percentage that a year is in your lifespan is smaller. Mm. So each year feels quicker. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Like from a maths thing? Yeah, and I think the output too. I mean, think back in high school, I was bored. Are you ever bored? No. No. I wish. I'm not bored because there's, <laughs> there's so many things you want to get to and get done. And it's, it's crazy though. I finished high school 10 years ago this year and I was talking to my sister about this this morning. It feels like just yesterday. Mm. How long ago did you graduate? It was 12 years ago. Yeah, mm. crazy, hey? Yeah, it's, it's, part of it feels like yesterday and part of it feels like an eternity. Like, as, it feels like my parents, like, they're like, oh, I haven't seen that person for 20 years. And it's been 12 years since I've seen some people. Mm. So I'm like that old Asian guy going, I haven't seen him for 13 years since year 10 or something. I know. I used to feel like you'd look at people in their like late 20s when you're in high school and be like, they're so old. <laughs> and that's us. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, lucky for me, I'm an Asian, so I'll say... Guys, yeah, you've got the best aging genes. You want to introduce... And this is Lenny, everyone. (laughs) Say hi, turn around to the camera. Yay! (laughs) Sorry if he annoys us today. You need to behave, otherwise we have to like put you outside or something. The beginning of the year for some context for people who who haven't may have seen it, but we're part of a Ford shoot. Yeah, that's how we met. That's how we met and um, spent a week down in Melbourne. That was really fun. That was awesome. What an an intense week. It was a pretty intense week. Yeah. Um, Mm. What I really enjoyed was the in-between moments getting to know everyone of the crew. Mm. And what really fascinated fascinated me about you Mm. is that there's more than meets the eye. (laughs) Like 100%. So... If people just see your Instagram mm. and you know your vegan stuff, your animal advocate, like all that stuff, it still doesn't encapsulate what I experience in Melbourne of you. Yes. To be honest, I think you're really, really, really smart. Thanks. Like super smart. <laughs> he thinks right? I'm smart. <laughs> I know you're smart, actually. Like 
No, I, I really mean this, right? And I think it doesn't get emphasized enough. Mm. I'm not saying that you're it's dumb or anything. It's very saying... hard to um, come across as smart online without sounding boring or snobby or, mm. you know, the people that try to come across as smart. I think that can also be kind of problematic, mm. like trying to be know-it-all-y online. So I think that people often say when they meet you, it's a totally different experience because it's hard to convey things like that online for sure. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, one of the Not things... saying that I am smart, but, you know, it's hard to convey intelligence without being snobby or nerdy online. Mm. And I try not to be either of those things. Yeah. So when you when people do see certain sides of you that you put online, you know, you're, people see DJ, you know, hardworking. That's mm. one of the things I... Just as an observation, you're always traveling. Like, what have you had a weekend off? Or like, yeah, yeah, no, or, I have. I've yeah. after um, we met in February. I had two weeks off in May, which was awesome, or ten mm-hmm. days off. That was really good. We went up to the Kimberleys in Western Australia, mm-hmm. which, by the way, you have to do with your family. Yeah, it's such a good trip. Wow. Best holiday we've ever had. Um, and then I had a weekend off not that long ago, which was really nice. Mm. Um, mind you, I kind of had like a bit of a mental breakdown on that weekend because like I just didn't know what to do with myself. Yeah. Like, you know what? I'm sure you'd probably be a bit the same. Like when you stop, you're like, oh, yeah, what do I do? Mm. So I think that that's something that I need to work on stopping and being OK with doing nothing for a while. That's really hard mm. to just intentionally allow space um, because especially when you're, you've got momentum and you're, you're a doer. And you are a doer. Yes, 100%. I'm a doer. I feel like we're both the same. You wake up, you write your to-do list, and you just get going full pelt. Yeah. Yeah, It's it's hard. It's hard. And uh, kudos to our partners, too, because that's the thing, too, that people I do want to start talking more about is Mm. not everyone can do what we do in that capacity, I believe. Some people need that more stable, you know, nine to five. I've never been like that. I've never been wired that way. But mm. to sign up with a partner for life or mm. for a long commitment, it's a unique mm. thing in comparison to what what is the norm. And um, 100%. I don't know if I could do it. Mm. Like having a partner that has a crazy weird schedule, I think it would be weird. Mm. Like I'm the type of person that I like to know like what Scott's doing. I'm like, so what are you doing this weekend? What does your days look like? What happened today at work? Mm. Where do you go for lunch? Like, you know, dumb small details, but I like to know it because I think my mom's like that. But like, he's just super chill. He's like, oh, cool. So where did you play last night? And I'll be back home. And I was like, well, I was here, you know? And it's like, (laughs) he just doesn't really worry or know or think about it it's just like yep dara's going crazy everywhere so she's just doing her own thing yeah is your wife like that too my wife is the biggest supporter Mm. so so we have both have needs like everyone has needs and we communicate those things like well i've got to go away so i tell her when i've got to go away especially with two girls now which are bloody beautiful my girls Mm, are just the best so So i I miss them terribly when i'm away so Mm. it's, it's changed actually like like, um, my soul hurts. I try and bring them everywhere I can. But at the same time, when you're doing a work trip, it can be really hard to be in two places because of energy and focus. I don't think I could do it. Like, I know how much I miss Lenny, my dog, <laughs> when I'm away. I can't imagine what it would be like having kids. It's hard. It's, it's that you made. Yes. And it's something to um, really think about with, with well, you know, this kind of lifestyle choice. But I just... It just really emphasizes what is required to kind of keep, do what we do, right? So for you, you're always traveling. Mm. You're always in some country, some state, or you're, tra- you're driving in the car. Um, so that's one side that I think we, I want to emphasize is like this whole DJ, you know, that's part of your, your, your gig, mm. one gig you have. That requires some, some smarts. It requires some structure, because there's a lot of musicians out there. I, I just spoke at a school today, a, a big school, and they're asking, how do I get in the music industry? And they just focus on the creative. Mm. That's important. Mm. But for you, right, there's a whole te- there's a whole strategy. Yeah. You've got to be organized. What's your thoughts on that? I think there's so much more that people don't see in the behind the scenes 
like work of everything and all the DJs that I know are super successful sorry all the DJs I know that are super successful are pretty switched on or have a team that's really switched on behind them Mm. and it does take a lot of work and when I stopped partying and stopped being a crazy young hooligan and actually started putting like time and effort into my health my career um, that's when it actually started to progress Mm. as opposed to just expecting it to happen focusing on the creative Mm. I think you need to be looking at time management and you look need to be looking at branding and social media presence and like records and like there's so many different elements to being a musician depending on what type of music you're in that need to be addressed for you to have a successful career especially these days when there's so many different media outlets and so many different facets of being involved with you know different things whether you're writing for other people or you're writing for advertisements or you're traveling or you're you know doing motivational speaking about music there's so many different ways that you can put yourself out there and like have an impact so yeah yeah, it's literally like a as as your work would be 24 7 non-stop kind of thing which is why when there's downtime i'm like a bit like shit i should be doing something (laughs) (laughs) when did you start getting serious about this like i mean like that what you mentioned there is like you had your time you know partying and all that yeah tell us a little bit about that i think so i started djing eight years ago in 2011 and I probably partied and just had fun with it as a hobby Mm. like I was working another job still at uni blah 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 and then I finished uni when I was 23 I want to say and I think that's when I made a decision to um, give the DJing a go full-time and like move forward with that and at that point in time I kind of went through a rough breakup and you know finished uni so I had all this spare time and was like okay cool I need to like actually put my head down and really buckle down and be like okay cool I'm gonna do this and take this seriously so then that's kind of when I got an agency and I already had a manager at that point so Mm -hmm. that was good and I started traveling yeah a lot and doing a lot with it which was great so yeah I think that period of time was a big transformational time for me even Mm -hmm. though I didn't really understand or know at that point in time. There was a lot that happened just then. Mm, Yeah heaps of stuff and I think that it all happened, you know, it, it does, it happens for the right reasons and at the mm. right time. So how old would I have been? 23, yeah. So five years ago, I've been probably doing it seriously, mm. but I have been doing it, yeah, for eight years. And a lot of people probably don't know that you went to uni. You know, like no, that's, it's that's crazy, isn't it? No. Well, so what Maybe I should put it in my Instagram bio. <laughs> <laughs> yes, DJ Tyler I studied. Guess what? Up. I went to uni. <laughs> What did you study for those who don't know? Um, I studied a Bachelor of Media and Communications with a double major in Marketing and Sociology. Yes, I did. So I studied at Sydney Uni. It was good. It was like five years and it was... Look, there are definitely positives about it. Like the one thing it did teach me was diligence because I had Mm. a really crazy DJ schedule and I also had to study. So I wasn't getting like HDs or anything. I was literally getting like P's, credits, you know, just getting by. But because like this is a prime example. I remember this one week I played in Melbourne Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday night. It might have been like um, O week or something like that. Mm. And so I had these three shows in Melbourne, but I also had tutorials every day at uni. So I had to fly back to Sydney every morning on like the 6 a.m. flight to get the 9 a.m. tutorial. And I remember at the end of that week, I was like, oh God, you need to like not say yes to midweek gigs because it was just too tricky, you know? That's a really cool like story because I think as you get older, Mm. you have those lessons that the universe tells you where you're forced to say no or yes Mm. less to things. So I, I remember a lot of young people, like, you just think you can take on the world and you can for a while. If you, until like, you, can you can't. <laughs> until you're faced between two contradicting things, yeah. like, it's either this or this. It's like, oh, I have to make a sacrifice. I heard this thing on a podcast somewhere some time ago. I don't know. I'm full of these great pieces of quotes and knowledge and I never know where I got them from. <laughs> and they pretty much said, if it's not a fuck yes, it's a fuck no. Mm-hmm. And I like that because if you're not 100% yes, you just have to say no. And I am. I say this like awesome quote now, but I don't always practice that. But it's definitely a work in progress for sure. Um, saying no to things and being okay with saying no to things mm-hmm. um, and missing out on things. It's really important. Yeah. yeah. And with uni, did you 
Did you, what did you take away from it skill-wise? Did you, do, you, do you apply any of that now? <laughs> Be honest. Like. Not really. Um, I know how to use like a microphone for like radio, say, because mm-hmm. I did a part like part of the media course was radio. So that definitely helps when I'm doing radio interviews. Mm-hmm. Um, that's about it. <laughs> like, that's I know I did a marketing major, but like it's... You know, what is it like the four P's or five P's or whatever? And like, you don't think about yourself like that. For me, it's Mm. with my brand. It's more just like instinctive and like I do what I feel like or, you know, think from more of a creative perspective and then take a step back and think, okay, how can we get there? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, unfortunately, it didn't help that much. So that's why I kind of think if I had my time again, I wouldn't probably do it. Mm. But in saying that, a lot of the girls that I did my degree with are working for like media companies now, they're right. journalists, they're doing all that kind of stuff, which they wanted to do. So yeah, it wasn't a bad degree to do by any, by any means. Mm. I guess um, a lot of people do follow you. You got a big audience. Mm. And this, <laughs> I don't know, I've had people even ask me like, well, how do you do this? How did you grow that? How do you, how do you think of branding? And I don't, it's really weird being asked those questions. Mm. It's, like, it's like a formula they're after. Yeah, I know. They're like after a magic pill. Like if you sit there and you apply this and that, you'll find the answer. And it's definitely not like that. I think a lot of the time, one of the questions I get is about my hair. So when I used to have the crazy colored hair and I still wear my wigs and things for shows, mm. people think, how did you think of that? Like that's the best branding and marketing tool ever. Lenny. <laughs> <laughs> And I just said, oh, it wasn't. I just wanted to do it. And I really did. I literally just wanted, oh my gosh. <laughs> For those of you listening at home, my dog is climbing all over me. Sit down. Sit. Go on. Sit. Don't look at me, buddy. Sit. <laughs> oh my God, he's so naughty right now. Um, yeah, I just, I really wanted to dye my hair, you know? And I thought that that would be a cool look. I didn't think about the marketing. I didn't think about... Uh, you know, the branding or anything like that. I just thought, cool, I'd like to have colorful hair. And I actually dyed it pink, first of all. And yeah. Oh my gosh. Center of attention. (laughs) This podcast is getting personal. You can sit there. Yeah, that's all right. (laughs) He's looking for the ball. So usually there's tennis balls behind the couches and he's obviously trying to find one. (laughs) My God. Have you had dogs on podcasts before? No, this is my first guest. Hey, Lenny. So who is Lenny? Who is Lenny? Lenny Tell is... Tell us about your, your childhood. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what is your diet? Are you vegan? <laughs> he's not vegan. No, he's mm. not. It's tricky with dogs. I don't know. Do you, do you have dogs? I don't have dogs, no. I don't know. Like, he gets a lot of... Like, his snacks are vegan and he loves fruit and veggies. Like, his favourite food is the fruit and veggies. But his main dry food isn't. And I just don't think that there's enough research out there mm. yet to say that dogs are okay on a vegan diet. Like for some dogs, sure, it can definitely work, especially dogs that are like overweight and unhealthy. Putting them on a vegan diet could definitely really help them lose weight and Mm. like probably get a bit healthier. But for him, he's young, he's so healthy. Like I wouldn't be able to forgive myself if I stuffed up his diet and he got a health problem because of that. Mm. So for now, he's just on a not vegan diet, but we're okay with that and you know, if things change in the future, which I kind of presume that they will, then we'll be able to pop him on a vegan diet, which I'm sure he'll be fine with. Um, but yeah, it's one of those things when you have pets, it's just like, yeah, you can't always put your values and what you want onto them, unfortunately. Yeah, well, we're gonna come back to the, I wanna to talk to you about the vegan, the veganism and things. Yeah. Because it's really important actually. Mm. Um, my wife's vegan and um, I'm learning a lot about it, Come, especially coming back from like our upbringing of, of meat and veg and things like that. It's been, yeah, totally. You know, but just touching back on back what on you said about stuff. the, um, back on your wigs, right? Oh, because yeah, yeah, the what, branding. What's really cool about that is that you said you weren't really thinking about your branding or how it affects your marketing by putting on coloured hair. Like, hair. Yeah. People are in, they imprison themselves I think mm. because I think of marketing first mm. or like how does this affect my brand so therefore they're like oh, I need to su- have a succession plan out of my my green hair into mm-hmm. another color because mm-hmm. it would just upset my audience it's, it creates all these like honestly yeah it did and I remember when I, I had blue hair and I'd had blue hair for years and I finally just 
actually, it was when I started dating Scott, my current partner, I didn't want to be like recognized as much anymore. I wanted a bit more privacy. Mm. I felt like the blue wasn't really me anymore. And so I transitioned back to like blonde hair, like natural colored hair. And everyone went like crazy. They were like super pissed off. (laughs) And I remember I still had my old manager back then and we decided that we'd, so it was kind of like blondie gray, my hair at that time and everyone was pissed. And so then I decided I'd go get my hair redone and I went and got it redone blue and I just like got home and cried. I was so upset because I felt like I just had like not done the right thing by myself. Mm. And I just vowed that day to like not do anything for Instagram ever again because it made me feel totally shit. It made me feel like really crappy about myself for whatever reason that was and whatever stage I was going through back then. But now I have the best of both worlds. I can like Mm. do whatever I want with my hair and I've still got my great wigs that I wear for my shows Mm. and it allows me to change my looks up a lot, which is fun. So you can, yeah, you can have the best of both worlds. See, that's that's so cool because I think social media is a tool and sometimes our tools can become our masters. And I think it's it's such, there's one thing I really love about you, so honest. (laughs) Honest about, very honest (laughs) about that. I'm too honest, oh my gosh. But that's, it's, it's so important to emphasize that because people are scared to be honest and they're scared to share their stories or their confusion or their story. And so I think it's really cool because now it seems like you, you're the master of your, your brand. Like you actually make choices and you're strategic about it and you don't feel, you know, it doesn't seem like you feel like you're condemned because yeah. of your audience, but... I think it's taken a long time for me to get to that point though. Like I'm able to say yes and no to different shows and different collaborations. But like keep in mind, I've been doing this for like eight years now. So it has taken a long time. Mm. And I do think that when you're at the beginning phase, it is okay to be like, you know, for your brand to be the master of you. Because Mm. I think you need to have that to come out of that and to have like a successful business. You need to dedicate yourself 120% to like whatever it is. Do you see uh, the word business sometimes can come across like really disingenuous, but like, mm. do you see DJ Tag Lily as a business? Yeah, hundred percent. That's so good for people to hear. Yeah. That's really important. hundred yeah. percent. And like, it didn't start off as a business. It started off as a hobby. I was mm. getting paid in drink cards. Like it was awesome. <laughs> I'd go out, I'd get drink cards for all my friends, play a show. We'd all get drunk and go home. It was like super fun. You know, back in the day, that's like exactly what, what I wanted to do with it and then it turned into something else which Mm -hmm. is fine Mm -hmm. you know um I think the advice I often say to people is like you really need to know that you want it to be a career because it Mm -hmm. becomes less fun when it is a career and it's not a hobby Mm -hmm. don't get me wrong I still love DJing but like all the things around it can be tiring yeah like what like the travel the like weird sleep schedules that you get, the lack of consistency in your routine, mm-hmm. um, trying to find good people to work with is really difficult. Dealing yeah. with record labels is exhausting. Getting paid on time. Yeah, yeah. exactly, right? Mm-hmm. There's so many different things that become tiring with it. So I say to people like, you can love DJing and you can love music, but like it's gonna change when it becomes a career. So you have to know that. And it's like anything, you know, you could be, playing the piano or playing the guitar and really loving it next minute you could write a hit song and your relationship with music and the guitar or the piano is totally going to change because you're now world famous and you're like you know touring all over the world so Mm. um yeah i do definitely see it as a business now but that's fun it's good yeah i think it's a positive you know i get to have my own business which is so cool yeah that and that's more than meets the eye again yeah it's tricky because Unfortunately, there are a lot of women on Instagram who are just what meets the eye. Mm. Does that make sense? So like they're pretty, but they're not much else than pretty. And Mm. I've met so many women like that, which really sucks because then the girls that are out there who are absolutely slogging themselves, Mm -hmm. being creative, you know, working hard at their music or writing really well or hosting amazing podcasts, they don't often get like that cred Mm. because if they are pretty, then people just think that that's all they are, mm. which is so weird. Yeah. Like in our society, you can't be pretty and have like an intellectual opinion that's <laughs> taken seriously by people. Yeah. That's What's just so that? dumb. What, what, what do you think that is? Where does that come from? What I the have hell? no idea. 
It actually blows my mind. Like it really does. People think if you're good looking and you know what, I think it's for guys as well. Like as soon as you become like that traditional, you fall into that like traditional Barbie and or Ken look, your opinion is taken a lot less seriously. Mm. And I don't know where that stems from. 2019 has been a crazy year and one of the most exciting new projects that I've begun is a company called Mentored Media in Sydney. Now we're a production company, a social media company, and we work with all types of businesses and individuals, like from celebrities, Range Rover and Ford Motors and Rode microphones, and we work with small businesses all around Australia, and we create the most amazing videos and content and graphics, and we also most importantly get the narrative right we get the messaging right the worst thing you can do with marketing is have a really bad message a message that attracts the wrong type of customer to your business check us out on instagram at mentored media and check out mark Boris's playbook which we filmed and produced for the man himself at mentored.com.au and there's so many more great things to come so give us an email directly matt at mentoredmedia.com.au one of the things that you really are passionate about is mm. animals yes and and veganism yeah and we talked about this in melbourne actually we did um there are people that are vegan for different reasons mm. and like all movements or lifestyles some are doing a, a disservice Yes. So some join, like they're vegan because they think it's trendy right now. Mm-hmm. It's cool to, to appear to have, and you can be really unhealthy and be vegan. Oh, by the way. yeah. I, I actually wanted to ask you about that because I, I had a friend who went vegan and she um, went, she ate all the fake and stuff mm-hmm. and all the hash browns vegan, apparently. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's true or not. Yeah, they are. So it's like, but put on massive amount of weight. Yeah, you right? can easily do that. Like yesterday, I ate ramen, two cookies an ice cream, a burrito. My day (laughs) yesterday was not healthy by any way, shape or form. But like, yeah, and a lot of people do transition to vegan, veganism, and then they go for the unhealthy options because they don't really know how to cook or maybe they don't really like veggies. So it can be a very unhealthy diet, as any diet can, you Mm. know. And these days with all the processed stuff that we have, yeah, it can be super unhealthy. Yeah, maybe they just think, oh, because it's vegan, it's healthy. It's healthy. No, it's mm. not. Yeah. Eating like a fake chicken burger is not healthy. Mm-hmm. It's yummy, but it's not healthy. Yeah. <laughs> so like people sign up sometimes because it's popular. Yeah. They sign up because of their health reasons and some, a combination of all three, which they're, they're driven ethically as well. Yeah. All right, so tell us a little bit about where you started mm. and your passion for it because it's very interesting yeah so i started actually not soon after um i talked to you about before that period of time where i was going through all these changes um that's Mm. kind of when i went vegan and i initially went vegan for health reasons because i was pretty sick back then um struggling with some stomach issues and just general health Mm. because you know traveling and partying is not good for your health (laughs) apparently (laughs) (laughs) who knew (laughs) um (laughs) And so I um, had some like cousins and my sister who had just gone vegan and were seeing really good results in their health from changing their lifestyle. Mm. And I was like, yes, I want that to be me. So I initially changed over for health reasons, but now I would say I'm there for like moral reasons, health reasons and environmental reasons. So like kind of everything. And yeah, God, I could talk about this for so long. I think that there are lots of people that are vegan probably not for the right reasons and do do the movement a disservice mm-hmm. um i know it's not good to be pushy yeah i know it's not good to like everyone's different in how you receive information so some people it is good to be pushy with because they really do like cool. yeah, they do I like, like that. hearing that information whacking them in the face and thinking oh shit i've got to make a change mm-hmm. but then a lot of people they don't like that you know they like positive happy vibes so that's kind of where i try and move toward is you know presenting people with information but like in a positive nice way Mm -hmm. and i do put stuff on my instagram that is kind of like violent or really um what's the word like um graphic 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 sometimes um but i try and do more of the positive stuff because i feel like if people come to veganism from a place of love they're probably going to stay as opposed to coming from a place of being you know Mm. scared or shocked because you're right because there's so many parallels with veganism Mm. 
with a lot of where my background with Christianity. Yeah, 100%. Um, because one of the things I hate about any, any religion or ethics or anything is when you are Bible bashed or judged. Um, unmerit- so people are self-appointed, uh, you know, like judges. And they're like, I, I had a vegan friend of a friend mm. come up to my friend and be like, judge the crap out of him for what I was eating at lunch. And he was a complete stranger. I didn't yeah. really know him. I'm like, that's doing a disservice totally. to what you're about. Yeah. I think there are so many similarities between religions and veganism. And I think the saddest thing is at the heart of both religion and veganism, it is like honest goodness, wanting love to prevail it's all for like the better of the world, you know, mm-hmm. literally. The claims are hold a truth as well. So like um, there is a before and after claim mm. for everything. So like mm. veganism, the claim is, well, like this is the health, this is a healthy, this is a healthy way of living. Mm. This isn't just a diet. This no, isn't just a, it's a, way of, a, one-stop. Life. It's a yeah. way of life and how you view things and people. And But then when people come into it and as humans always do, we totally <laughs> F things up yeah, totally. with religion and with veganism. Yeah. And so it's not actually like people hate on vegans as they hate on religion a lot of the time. Yeah. And it's actually like, it's very sad because if they actually sat there and understood the principles of the religion or of veganism, they'd see that it's all based on like love and kindness and acceptance. And, you know, I know with vegan, it's, it's about, you know, not using animals in a way that's for human profit or gain or mm-hmm. anything like that. But humans come in and they stuff it up. Yeah. And it's very frustrating. But I'm sure I've stuffed it up a lot of the time as well. Like I know I've had conversations where I've been like way too pushy or way too aggressive or I've become frustrated with people because <sighs> they just you know i i understand because yeah. I, 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 you like you said before people some people are ready some mm. people are being totally interrupted and yeah. disrupted by what you put in front of them i used to pay out one of my friends who was vegan for being vegan like i'm <laughs> really? one of those vegans that i used to be like come on just have a bit of fish or chicken or whatever <laughs> and now i'm like i actually sent her a message a couple of years ago saying i'm so sorry for like ever paying you out. Well, that's I think that's I think that's natural actually because when you say when you proclaim you're something mm. like I stand for this, you're often going to have people test that mm. and poke yes. fun of it. And it's part of our culture, unfortunately, too. It's like, yeah. like if someone's like, um, oh, I'm a Christian or I'm a Buddhist or something, mm. it'd be easy to say, oh. Yeah, I've just squatted a, a mosquito. Whoops! Yeah, is going to happen to me. You know? Totally. Or like, oh, don't you do this or that? That seems really bad. Why don't you just come out and have a good time tonight? Yeah, totally, mm. totally. So, I think that's something. It's I'm not sure about religion, but it's definitely um, apparent in the vegan community is that the most passionate, outspoken vegans are actually the ones that were the biggest meat eaters and the biggest pro meat eaters as mm. well. Mm. So a lot of the vegan activists used to be like fuck vegans yeah which is pretty crazy it's funny there's a a scripture in the bible from a guy named paul he wrote most of the new testament so there's two halves of the bible in that way and he wrote most of the new testament he said out of all the sinners i'm the greatest sinner yeah he said i'm the biggest hypocrite because i killed people for their faith like he really he was the worst of them all so he's like um i have to show grace and forgiveness to people Mm. and myself um so i don't judge unfairly I'm the worst in my opinion and that's something that I'm really trying to practice lately I've had a bit of a rough time like in the past couple of weeks to be completely honest like dealing with all the vegan stuff like it can become pretty heavy I think on your soul Um, and that's something that I've been trying to practice is just trying to accept and understand that everyone's at a different spot in their journey with their relationship to animals and their moral stance on things. And just because they eat meat doesn't make them a bad person. It just means that they're at a different stage on their journey with that. And I think that's something that I do really need to practice, but it also becomes very tiring because (laughs) you just want to wake everyone up now and shake them and be like, this is is a really good topic. (laughs) This is a very good topic Mm. and cross, it it transfers to a lot of other areas. Yeah. Um, Because from my background, you call that evangelism. Yeah. So an evangelist, in the purest sense, 
would be someone who spreads good news. Yeah. So the good news is um, implies there's bad news. You've got to understand that when you're putting out certain messages, having the perspective that, like you said, I once was in a certain place where I was grow- I grew up in a certain culture, I was conditioned to think a certain way, I was uneducated, unaware of certain things, and my personality would respond differently to different things. So I would respond to the harsher, mm. more confronting things, like just being asked blandly, why aren't you this? Mm. Like, well, that's a good question, why aren't I that? Mm. And some people need to literally be, like, need to be evangelized like this. Mm. They need to see you eating a meal that's vegan, and just enjoying it and just going mm, this is so delicious it's vibrant it's full of colors mm. and you're eating in front of your friends all the time you're bringing your own meals all the time yeah and eventually they're going to see you enjoying it so much and see you looking good feeling healthy look good, and they're yeah. like oh so could i try a bit yeah and that to me is evangelism yeah for sure i think sh- showing not telling is like such a great way to do it like showing people you know my health journey and Mm. showing them how my body's changed and how you know i feel so great now most of the time like as a result of this like way of life is really important and um definitely the best way to win humans over because humans like to um make changes and strive to be better and And choose make it have a choice yeah Mm. i think what i struggle with a lot is when you um, present say like your friends or your family with information and they're smart smart people you know mm. smart independently minded people and they still can't see like the truth or like the light I suppose when mm. you present them with the information mm-hmm. that for me is when it gets pretty frustrating um, and I think it's amazing now with all this media that's coming out about you know the health benefits of being vegan and obviously all the climate change stuff which is happening at the moment and of course it's spring racing time at the moment so there's lots of information coming out about horse racing and greyhound racing and all Mm -hmm. this type of stuff and it's great to see so many people making amazing changes against all these awful industries Mm. but what kills me is when i still see people like still making bad choices Mm. or choices that they know are negatively affecting their health the environment and the animals after they've been presented the information. Mm-hmm. So that's something I'm trying to learn at the moment. Yeah, it's interesting. Patience. <laughs> <laughs> and understanding how we're wired, I think it's, um, there's a few things I know of from my, my limited knowledge. And we've got friends that would be able to tell us probably, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's things like confirmation bias where you are, um, your brain is biased towards certain things, right? So sure. if you have grown up um, with certain habits and certain ideas and beliefs and you presented information that contradicts that it is scientifically proven that you will resist that information even if it disproves your position because it's like a defense mechanism yeah of course but it can change over time and it's exposure it's um experiences it's not just pure information although that's that's the foundation of it Mm. um so that's so anyone listening who's He's like they're on a good cause and they're like oh, i'm chipping away i'm i'm really fighting for my my charity or for my thing mm. that's don't lose heart because yes. people are on a spectrum yeah. of being aware or totally unaware yeah totally so, um, and i think it's important to surround yourself with people that have a similar opinion to you sometimes mm-hmm. say for example the last two weeks I feel like I've been in a world of people who think differently to me and then on the weekend I hung out with some friends that own an animal sanctuary mm-hmm. and I went to the vegan markets yesterday with some of my vegan buddies and I had like a really nourishing weekend that made filled my cup up again wow. um, which yeah. was awesome and I really needed that after spending all this time feeling like I was fighting a losing battle mm-hmm. so I think it's really important whether it's veganism or religion or it's a charity or it's whatever I think you need to spend time with people that fill your cup up and make you feel like you're going on the right path mm. a lot especially when you are you know fighting that battle <laughs> I totally I totally this is where the religion and the, um, veganism is so similar in, mm. in, because I think 
exactly the same. Religions try and organise themselves together for the fact that you, you, you encourage, you sharpen each other, you mm. you share your burdens because you're on the same. You got the same mission, I guess, to mm-hmm. help people. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you don't want to get caught in a bubble where you're so disconnected with the real problems yeah. and what culture is talking totally. about. And sometimes you have that happen. Mm-hmm. You got people who are in a bubble. And they have no idea what's happening outside. It comes really weird. Yeah, totally. And then you get some people that are totally disconnected from each other. So yeah. it's like, you want that both. Yeah. You know? I think um, I Instagram is really bad for this. So like you have your phone and you follow and like the people that you follow and like. And then you get into a habit of thinking, oh, like the whole world is vegan. Like this is awesome. And then I'll talk to like Scott and who works out at Parramatta, like kind of Western Sydney. He will be like, well, no one at my work's even vegetarian, you know? And I'm like, oh, just when I thought, you know, everything was changing. And I think social media can definitely put you into a little bit of a bubble like that. Mm. Thinking that everyone's on the same page as you when you're liking all the stuff that's just about the stuff that you like. Does I, that make sense? It totally makes sense. Yeah. I actually think you've got, I think you have some interesting things to say about that. Because um, social media is a topic in itself. Um, we could sit here for days and talk about it. But let's just pick some important things that I think is more important for our listeners and our audience to hear. Mm. Um, some of the concerns I see with it, I, I, I use it as a tool, use it as a tool. Mm. As long as you're a master of it, it's good. But you touched on an important thing is perspective. Um, people tend to see, believe what they see. Yeah. That's all they That's all they do. Because yes. so, that's the happiness portrayal, the portrayal to be happiness, the yeah. portrayal to be successful, the portrayal yeah. to be, to suck the gut in and take that angle. And <laughs> all about that angle. <laughs> so I go for the low angle so it makes my legs look nice and long <laughs> when I'm actually short. <laughs> so talk us through about, um, what do you think about vanity? Mm. I think that like our, this current like world and generation, as we spoke about before, bases everything on like looks. Mm. So like looks is the most important thing. And I think it's just so detrimental and destructive because people have so much more to offer apart from their looks. So it's going to be an exciting time when we forget about that as a society, for sure. Um, Obviously, it's really bad for like the young kids these days. Like I go and play at an under 18s party and the girls look older than me. And they'd be 15 and I'm almost 30 and they literally look older than me. Mm. It's crazy. So like the way that these um, young men and women like are changing the way that they look at such a young age to like fit that beauty criteria is really scary. So I think that there's going to be a lot of challenges moving forward um, with like self-image and perspective of what's normal and what's Mm. beautiful. And I do think that that is changing online and we're seeing a lot of celebration about all t- different body types are beautiful yeah, all different definitely. skin types are beautiful but it still can make people feel very average and i think it's um yeah it's going to be a difficult thing to maneuver through especially being a parent of a young child oh yeah i've got two daughters yeah, yeah. dude good luck yeah i know i'm in big trouble <laughs> mate yeah i'm in big trouble i think by the time that they're slightly <laughs> older hopefully like social media will be totally different mm. i would like to think that anyway and we are seeing some nice changes now and i think just if everyone can make their social media the most positive experience for them as possible then that's going to be a real win so mm. follow people that make you feel good follow people that talk about things that you're passionate about Mm. and I think if you are passionate I like really encourage all young people to use their social media as like a platform for them to have a voice Mm. so whether it's about religion or whether it's about veganism or climate change or maybe it's about you know the Starlight Foundation or a Mm. charity or Mm. how great dogs are whatever it might be I like encourage people to use it as a a way to share good positive information Mm. um because I think we now know that like the main media outlets just can't be trusted mm-hmm. and that they, you know, like media, as I learned in university, mm-hmm. is just all a lovely big fairy tale. So it, I think there are a lot of positives in social media. Mm-hmm. We just need to focus on them and make sure we're using them in a pos- or using like the social media platforms in a positive way. Yeah, and, and also use it within your own comfort level mm-hmm. too, because um, one of the things that you're really like you really portray a lot of confidence right mm. like um oh, i try sometimes yeah, like, i'm not what i mean is like you're very 
comfortable with like expressing yourself. You got your, you got your wigs. Yeah. Your um, you show off your swimwear. You show yeah. off like, your active wear and stuff. Yeah. So you're obviously comfortable yeah. to express that, express yes. yourself. A lot of people wouldn't feel like that. No, and you know what? That's totally okay. Yeah. I think people need to get into their own groove and mm. do what makes them feel good. I mm. think. Um, and I think we also need to be telling like young men and women they can, you know, express themselves and they should be able to be confident in who they are and how they sound and how they look and their beliefs. I feel like it is easy for me to be confident, you know, Mm. I'm a young woman, I'm semi-attractive, I feel like I can hold myself in a conversation, I feel like I'm educated. I come from a really great, stable family. I've got a great job. I've got a great partner. Like, I'm very lucky in that I have had a pretty chill life, you know? Mm. And I think a lot of people have disadvantages that we often Mm. forget that really play into a whole host of different things that then relate back to how they perceive themselves and how they portray themselves on social media. That's, you know what? That just raised such an important issue Mm. to me because, um, a lot of people compare their lives. Yeah. Obviously, on social media, other people's without. I think we all do. I do. Yeah, and it's I'm so and bad it's, at that. How beneficial is that? Ne- never, <laughs> no, zero not. benefit, always. Because um, <laughs> I think echoing like what I read from Jordan Peterson once, he said something like, "Like the best comparison, the only person you should compare yourself is to is you from yesterday, mm. because if you even physically put yourself up against each other and judge yourself." Com- fairly against someone else that person would be you mm. and you should look to improve the person you were yesterday mm. if it's um those attitudes or those habits or those things you don't like and just do what lower the bar mm. from changing it overnight to just changing one thing a day i liked that i saw that something on instagram yesterday and it was to do with um being healthy and like self-love and there was a girl saying instead of trying to change everything overnight and having like a radical shift in everything, try accepting that you're human and trying to change one small thing every week and practicing that thing each day. Mm. And I think it's very important. But I sit here and preach this and then next minute I'm comparing my life to someone else on Instagram. So and, and that's what happens. It's difficult. Like, it, it, yeah, it's, it's not it's, easy. It's not easy. And I think it's, it's, a, it's a discipline. Mm. And um, it's, you've got to be incredibly self-aware to recognize when you're falling into the hole like we all do it we're all prone to you know be be envying something that's not ours you know that's marketing's geared toward totally. trying to get you to buy something based on this is a promise you this will make your life better it's not even marketing it's everything it's like social media advertisement film tv newspapers like ideas of like masculinity and femininity and Mm. sexuality and all this stuff Mm. like it is crazy and we're like told these stories that our lives and our bodies and our relationships and our homes and everything need to look and be this certain way and yeah it's something that i think a lot of people don't think about and we probably don't even think about enough Mm. really yeah i mean that's that's part of the reason why we, we do this podcast yeah. in the sense of, we call it the Examine Life because it came from Socrates, who was the best, like, great philosopher. He once said, the unexamined life isn't worth living. Mm. And I think a lot of our problems snowball when we fail to examine what the motivation was behind it, why we're doing what we're doing, why we're subscribing to big houses or small houses or tiny houses or whatever whatever the thing is it's like if we're not examining then what are we with an autopilot where well, the culture has a, a script for us to follow mm. and just like if you lay out in the ocean you're going to go a certain direction with the current and i think that's culture and that's for good or for bad but you want to be in control of the ship it's interesting isn't it it's something i've been thinking about a lot lately as we come toward the end of the year I feel like this year I've really done the opposite of what I wanted to do in that I've just like been like swept along. Mm. And I, I think that next year I really would like to do more conscious planning and goal setting and be really mindful of things like that. Because mm. when you sit down and think about, cool, I want to do A, B, C, D, say before I'm 30. Mm-hmm. 
as soon as you get busy or as soon as things start to go, you know, a bit haywire or whatever happens, you can lose sight of that so, so quickly. And I was thinking about this on the weekend because one of my goals is I really would love to open an animal sanctuary. Mm. And at the start of the year, I was like, yep, I'm going to make it happen. I was looking at properties, like making plans. And then all of a sudden, like everyone just like came back to work at the end of January and then now it's what, October? You know what I mean? And I just like haven't even done anything about it. Mm -hmm. And even if it's just doing one small thing every day, like that's how you make your goals a reality. And so I think it is so important to make time to sit and to think and to examine and to plan and goal set and all that kind of stuff. I I literally like on the weekend too, it must be in the, in the air, in the water. um, (laughs) I sat down with my Mm in-laws, with my wife and my daughters were sleeping and we're like, like, we need to make, a family ritual every month or every mm. year where we all as a family brother-in-law sister-in-law everyone come together and we pull cash together mother-in-law you can be the treasurer right and we force ourselves to to come together because i want my kids to have their grandparents around yeah. uh, and that that won't happen by accident no you have to make it happen right you have to make yeah. it happen you have to put in the calendar you have to and that's something I really, I worked my ass off this year, like you, like there's a lot of years just gone so quick. Many things have happened this year. Great things to set up for next year, but I'm already thinking next year, I've got to block out this, 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 and this, yeah. or those things I want to do won't happen. Yeah. That's, that's that's, yeah. And it's easy to do with some things. I find it's easy to do for me with like holidays. I book things in and I take time off. Like we go overseas, we go skiing or whatever we might do. But then when it comes to like planning bigger picture, longer term things, or maybe it is hanging out with your family or like your cousins or whatever it might be. It can be harder to do because it's not just about you. It's about getting different people together and organizing mm-hmm. a time. And it does take more work, but it's so important. Mm-hmm. And you really enjoy it when you do hang out with all your in-laws and your family, right? Yeah, It's yeah. so rewarding. And it's just like being mindful that I've got children now, making sure I give them a childhood mm. where they've got those people around. You, know, like, you have such you? a responsibility on you. I was thinking about this the other day with Lenny. Like, I have a responsibility to make him, like, a happy, nice, friendly dog. You have humans that you have to do that for. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and that makes That's me... terrifying. It makes me oh. so much more sympathetic um, <laughs> to my parents. Yes. Who, um, who, at the time, when I was a kid, at times, I was like, why... Like, I would be... Why can't you just be a cool parent? And it's like, oh, my gosh, little did we know. I know. They just had your best interests at heart all mm. the time. Well, we could talk for hours. We could. <laughs> but, uh, thanks, for, thanks for hanging out. Thanks, thanks for, for having help. me on the show. It's been so nice to chat. Mm, we'll Let's do it, do it again. again. We've got to yeah. do it again. We've got to put it in the calendar and catch up again. Yeah, we will. In the calendar. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, guys. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to Examine Life Podcast. Now, in a couple of episodes, I'm going to be releasing what I call an in-between episode. I'm going to borrow a page from Tim Ferriss. and say, in between interviewing guests for the examine live i'm going to answer some questions from you and i'm going to use instagram as the platform to be able to get your questions about topics to discuss give us a direct message or email us and i'd love to hear your thoughts on what topics you'd like me to talk about they're going to be around roughly 20 minutes these podcast episodes the in-between episodes with myself and it just helps break away from the normal hourish long format of the examine live so make sure you head to my Instagram, Matt Purcell Official. Submit your question via a DM or when you see me do it on a story. And I look forward to seeing your question there. So thanks for listening. See you next time.